Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you here this morning on uh, this first day in December. My name is Sean. I don't really know how to introduce myself anymore. Um, I was the Bedford campus minister. I've thrown around this idea of lead minister in waiting, but that just kind of sounds weird. Uh, so I'm, I'm just Sean, and I'm, I'm glad to, to join everyone here on the West Side. This morning, it's been a while since I've been here to the West Side. In fact, I was thinking this morning, it's, um, I, I've not been here since Heather Richardson has been uh, the worship minister here. And can we just praise God uh, for her, for her heart of worship and the ways that she leads? Very grateful, very, very grateful. For, for Heather. I, as we transition over the next year, um, which really is now more like five months, uh, I just want you all to know um, how much we appreciate uh, your continued prayer and support, uh, not just with Tom and of Sherwood Oaks, but for me and my family, the, the letters that we've received, the kind words, uh, really means a lot to us. Uh, to know that we are one church in many locations, that, that the Westside campus is just as much of Sherwood Oaks as Bedford, as East. And, and I want you to know I'm looking forward to working uh, with John uh, the staff team here at West, the leaders and volunteers, uh, just to see what God has to, in store for the West Campus, to continue to do all of the good work um, that he's already started out here. And, and we're looking forward to just some new ways of being able to partner with the West Campus to, to just make that happen. Uh, and next weekend, we're going to be talking a little bit about a first step towards that. Uh, and so please be here next week. You don't want to miss it. It's a pretty exciting announcement. Um, and, and just know that we are committed uh, to what God is doing through you and here on, on the west side. So let me pray, and then uh, we'll dive in. Father, I am so grateful for uh, this church. I am grateful for the West Campus and for all the folks that uh, come here each and every Sunday uh, that call this their church home, that are engaged throughout the week in life groups and in ministry, who are serving uh, the community here on the west side and, and even in uh, to, to Eastern Green County. Lord, I'm, I'm so grateful for the work that you are doing through them. I am, I am looking forward to, to just seeing, God, what you are going to still do ahead. I believe that the best days of Sherwood Oaks, of all of our campuses, still lie ahead because, Lord, our fix, our eyes are focused and fixed on you. And, and Lord, we want to go where you are leading us. We want to be faithful to you and to you alone. And so I just pray your continued blessing on this congregation, on this campus, on this community, and that you will continue to use Sherwood Oaks West uh, just to shine a bright light uh, in, in what can sometimes be a very difficult, very painful and very dark world that, that we live in. Lord, I pray that this morning, uh, as we dive into your word, that, uh, that Father, you will just shape and mold our hearts. Um, Lord, I, so many of us, I know we come into this place this morning, and the, this last week for some was just a celebration of being able to get together with family uh, over Thanksgiving, and we look forward to more of that over the coming month. Um, but Lord, that's not reality for others in here. Uh, for others, maybe they feel separated from their family. Maybe they didn't have a home this year to be able to, to go to, to celebrate Thanksgiving. And they wonder what Christmas is going to be like. Uh, maybe for them, uh, someone special to them that used to fill that home is no longer here. And they notice that and they miss that person. Uh, Father, for for others, there's just some animosity in family. There's some tension there. 
that it just makes it hard to look forward to going home for the holidays. But Lord, my, my prayer is that as we fix our eyes on our eternal home in heaven, that you will give us the strength to just surrender all of these things to you here in our earthly home. And that, Lord, while we are in this place, in this time, we will learn the value of just serving others, of giving hope in the midst of hopelessness, and of bringing others along with us as we journey to our ultimate home in heaven. And so, God, may our hearts just be fixed on you, and may you shape us and mold our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So I find that um, as, I, as I get older, I really begin to, to value time with family. I think part of the reason why I value time with family is because I do realize how uh, fleeting time is. I mean, my, my mom passed away three and a half years ago, and you know, every year when we put up the Christmas tree, uh, we, we put up ornaments that mom would, would give us. We had a yearly tradition in our stocking. There'd be a, an ornament that uh, just reminded, you know, it's almost like taking a journey through memory lane. I can tell each year what I was into based on the ornament that I got. And so, you know, there's a soccer playing Santa, there's a swimming Santa, there's like all of these different things that, that were my hobbies. Uh, I can look at the date and be like, oh yeah, that was the year I was really into that. Um, and then my grandma Horton <clears throat> passed away this last July and she was like the matriarch of our family. Uh, she was the one that, that pulled us all together for specifically Christmas Eve. That was that was our family holiday where we all got together with the Horton side of my family. And I'll tell you, I mean, I noticed um, certainly over Thanksgiving, while it was a good Thanksgiving with, with family, you know, you notice that those folks aren't there. As I look forward to Christmas, you know, I'm going to feel that, that sense of loss and um, those empty seats that used to be filled by people that we loved. And you know what that feels like. And and so I, I find that when the holidays come around, I really value that time that I do get to spend with, with family and, and treasure, treasure it. I think a lot of us feel that way. You know, this idea of being home for the holidays, you know, it's something that's pretty near to us. It's why so many uh, Christmas movies are, are made around that theme of, you know, the, the adventures of traveling home for the holidays or the craziness when you actually get everyone home for the holidays. And, and one of my favorite Christmas movies about this is, um, of course, Christmas Vacation. Anybody other, any other fans of Christmas Vacation in here? You, you probably remember the storyline. If not, just let me remind you. Uh, Christmas Vacation is about a guy named Clark Griswold who envisions this perfect family gathering, you know, where everything is just right and, and, and like just full of tradition and, and smiles and memories that are being made. And then his family shows up and that kind of gets in the way of all of that. And uh, he, uh, he, you know, ends up being surrounded by people who are just arguing and criticizing and complaining about everything. And some of you are like, yeah, welcome to my family get together. It's like, that's it. You relate with him. And Clark's idealistic view of the perfect family Christmas begins to crumble. So we have all these like perfect ideas of what Christmas is going to be like. And then Aunt Bethany shows up and says the Pledge of Allegiance for the prayer. You know, they're perfect until Cousin Eddie shows up in his RV and parks it right outside your house. And like every family has a Cousin Eddie, right? And if you can't think of the Cousin Eddie in your family, like I hate to tell you, but you might be him. <laughs> 
And there's a little Clark Griswold inside of all of us. And when we think about the holidays, when we think about being home for the holidays and all of our family gathering together, we have all of these like expectations of what it's going to be like. We have all these hopes and dreams and we, and we hope that somehow, some way, all of our family can be underneath the same roof and there can be peace and harmony and happiness for at least like one, maybe two hours. Like that would just be fantastic. But if it's anything like me, reality rarely matches our, our expectations. And we see it in, in Christmas movies. We also hear about it in Christmas songs. Uh, in the mid-1940s, Bing Crosby wrote uh, the, the famous Christmas song, I'll Be Home for Christmas, from the perspective of a soldier who is serving dur during World War II. And he just kind of sings of, of this, this perfect image of Christmas in his mind, filled with presents and snow and mistletoe. And then we get to the end of the song, and you know how it ends. He says, I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams. And we have these dreams of what the ideal Christmas is going to be like, what these ideal family gatherings are going to, to be like, and then, and then people show up and, and kind of get in the way of that. We show up and get in the way of that for others. And the idea of being home for the holidays, it's such a, a powerful and emotional feeling for many of us. And I think that, that there's something inside of all of us that we just kind of long for, for things just to be perfect, for things just to be right, for there to be like this peace and this harmony and this, and this joy, to be in a place where we are surrounded by people that we, that we love. And I, and I wonder if all of this stems from a deeper longing in our soul. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He, meaning God, has placed eternity in the human heart. God has placed eternity in the human heart. And I wonder if our longing for the perfect Christmas, for the perfect home, it's just an indicator of a deeper longing that we have in our souls, a God-given longing for an eternal home where everything will one day be perfect. We actually see this longing in Jesus. If you have a Bible or a Bible app that you like to use, turn with me to John chapter 13. We'll have the words up on the screen as well. John chapter 13. Christmas is about remembering and celebrating that Jesus left his perfect home in heaven and came down to dwell with us. In Jesus, God moved into our neighborhood, and, and he kind of lived in this broken and fallen world with us. And throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus live in the fullness of our humanity. We see Jesus weep with us as he experiences our hurts and our pain. I tell you, it's one of the things that I appreciate most about scriptures and about the gospel. We don't see this like whitewashed version of Jesus where he just kind of skates through life and everything is perfect and he doesn't experience anything of like the real life that we experience on this earth. We, we, we see kind of the veil of humanity opened up and Jesus experiencing it all the hurts and the pains, the sorrows that we experienced. We read that in, in the Gospels. But we also see Jesus live with a hope and an assurance and a peace that comes only from knowing the Father. The same Father that, that we've been invited to have a relationship with in God. 
And in John's gospel, we see a handful of, of times where, where Jesus is kind of caught in, in the middle. He's, he's, he's living on earth, but he's longing for his home in heaven. And we get to see how Jesus acts in the midst of this longing. Look at John 13, verse 1 with me. It says, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. He knew that, that his time on this earth was, was wearing down. Go down to verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Jesus knew he had come from God and that he was now returning to God. Jesus knows where his true home is. He knows where he came from. He knows where he's going, that he is about to go back home to the Father. And what does he do with this knowledge of who he is and where he's going? Well, John tells us in chapter 13 that Jesus gets down on his hands and his knees and he washes his disciples' feet. He serves. In the midst of this ache and this longing to be home, Jesus humbles himself yet again and serves his disciples. Just a few hours later and one chapter over, Jesus is walking now with his disciples. The, the cross is literally looming just hours ahead of him. He knows that he's about ready to go back home, and yet, yet even in his own time of pain, Jesus is keenly aware of what his disciples are feeling in that moment. And so he reassures them in John 14, verses 2 and 3. He says, My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. And so here is Jesus at this point in his life where this world had never felt more unlike home. Like he has never felt more like an alien in a foreign land than he does in this moment. And yet he comforts his disciples by reminding them of their eternal home that he's preparing for them. He comforts them. Just a few chapters later in John 17, in the prayer of Jesus that we studied um, over eight weeks this fall, Jesus prays this in verse 24, John 17, 24. He prays, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. So don't miss this. As Jesus is longing for his eternal home in these chapters. We see him serve. We find him comforting his disciples. As he is longing for home, he, he also is longing to bring others with him. And he does this because he wants us to be with him in his eternal home where everything will be made perfect in the presence of God. A place where there is no more death, no more disease, no more addiction, and no more broken relationships. And isn't that like what all of us are longing for in life? Like just a place 
where there's no more of those things that just make our hearts go, ugh, again? That just make our hearts sink inside of us, that remind us that, man, something's not right in this world. Something's just broken in this place that we live. Those things that remind us that this world is not our home. And you may be here today, and you're not even a follower of Jesus. You're here because somebody promised to buy you lunch if you came to church with them today. Listen, if that's you, make them hold you, like hold them to that promise, all right, to get you a good lunch. <laughs> but maybe you're here, you're not a follower of Jesus, but yet you know exactly what I'm talking about. There are things that happen in this world that even for you, it make you go, this isn't right. It's not supposed to be this way. And that, that feeling of it's not supposed to be this way, that is that eternity that God has set in our hearts that we know, we just know because God has placed it in us what it should be like. And we know that this world, in a lot of ways, it's not it. We catch glimpses of it every now and then. We see it in new life. We see it in love. We see it when things happen the way and somebody humbles themselves and serve others. And there's something in that that makes us look at that and go, yeah, that's right. Again, that's eternity crying out in our heart. Every time I read about another mass shooting, about the mistreatment of innocent people, of vulnerable men, women, and children, sometimes by our own country, I long for home. Every time I preach a funeral or see my girls hurt because of something painful that someone did to them, I long for home. And so often this longing becomes misdirected. And, and so what I start doing is I, I start working really hard to make this world feel a little bit more like home. We all do this. We, we focus on things like comfort and security, and we surround ourselves with all of these temporal pleasures to make this world feel more like home in an effort because there is something in our souls that just recognizes that this isn't it. And so we surround ourselves with things that we hope will make this world feel like home, and we throw ourselves into these things that never satisfy our souls. We place our hope in creation instead of the creator things like our career, our possessions, our relationships. We think if we can just surround ourselves with enough of these things, then ah, this world will feel like a better place. And those are good things. And oftentimes they really do make this world more manageable and bearable to get through, right? But when we give these things, ourselves to these things and attempt to make them like home we find that, man, they're a terrible place for our hearts to reside. <laughs> that they truly cannot fulfill the longing within us that we have that only God can fill. Deion Sanders, his name you might recognize, football player, baseball player as well in the, in the 90s, considered one of the greatest football players of all time. He became known as primetime because his plays on the field were so incredible. Like It was, it was gotta-watch-TV but off the field, he felt empty and eventually hit rock bottom. And he reflected on this time in his autobiography, um, Power, Money, and Sex, How Success Almost Ruined My Life. And this is, this is what he writes. He says, rock bottom for me 
was having hundreds of suits and nothing to cover the pain. Rock bottom for me was having hundreds of pairs of shoes, but not being able to take a step in the right direction. Rock bottom for me was having 10 cars and going nowhere. Rock bottom for me was having a 14,000 square foot house, but never feeling at home. And not knowing how to deal with this pain and this emptiness that he felt, Sanders drove his car off of a cliff one night, dropping 40 feet. And when he woke up and realized that he was still alive, he rededicated himself to Jesus and said, my life has got to change because he realized how empty those things were. See, I am convinced that we will never feel at home until our, home, our hearts find a home in Jesus. Like we can do everything in our power to try to make this world feel like home, but we will never feel at home until our hearts find their home in Jesus. The things in this world can never satisfy us the way that Jesus can. And many of you, myself included, there have been times in our life where we have chased those things and we have chased those things, longing, hoping that they would bring us some kind of satisfaction to that longing that we feel. They don't. We end up feeling oftentimes more empty than even when we started. I think that Jesus models for us how to live in this world when oftentimes it doesn't feel like home to us. Jesus shows us how to live in this world in those times when we are longing for eternity. We, we serve like Jesus served. We comfort others who experience the pain and the brokenness in this world that we live in. And we do everything we can to bring others along with us in our journey towards our eternal home in heaven. Because here's the thing, every day we are surrounded by people who are trying to fill this longing in their hearts that, that, that can only be filled by the Lord. They are trying to fill all of that, that eternal longing with temporal things. And people have been doing this from the beginning of time and coming up empty. It's what, it's what led St. Augustine to write these words, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. There is a restlessness in our hearts until they learn to rest in Jesus, until they learn to find their home in Jesus. C.S. Lewis wrote a lot about this deep longing that we have in our souls. His conclusion was this, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. The things of this world only serve to point us to our true eternal home. They are glimpses. They are glimpses of the good and the perfect that is to come. And there's nothing wrong with them, but if we use them to try to make this world feel like home, I'm telling you, we will always come up empty. Always. It will always leave us wanting more. And so what do we do in the meantime? What, what do we do in this moment where, where we're living here and we're looking and waiting for there? We, we set our minds on things above. We demonstrate the love of God to people and the way that we live and love and treat others. 
As we live in this world that is not our home and we travel through it to our eternal home, we don't withdraw from it. We, we don't surround ourselves in this, in this Christian bubble and try to avoid all of these outside influences. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus stepped into the mess with us. He lived it with us. And so we don't disengage from, we re-engage to. We re-engage into a hurting and broken world that needs the hope that only Jesus can give them. We serve the least of these. We give comfort to the hurting and the broken, and we do everything we can to bring others along with us as we travel to our eternal home in heaven. This, this place that God has put a longing inside of all of us for, a place of no more pain, no more sickness, no more cancer, no more divorce, no more addiction, a place where Every tear will be wiped away where death will be no more, a place where everything will be made right forever. Isn't there something inside of you this morning that longs for that place? Man, that's eternity that God has set in your heart. I find myself longing for it often. And not only has God set eternity in our hearts, but he made a way through Jesus to usher us into our eternal home. Reflecting on this, Paul writes these words in 1 Corinthians 2, 9. He says, No eye has seen, and no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined. Just think about, think about this, just, just right here. He's saying that all of the beauty that we see and that we've experienced here in this earth, and it can be a beautiful place. All of that beauty, our eyes still have not seen, our ears still have not heard, our mind has yet to imagine, even in the beauty of everything we see in this world. We have yet to see, hear, or imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. Trying to make this world our home, <laughs> it's about as futile as Clark Griswold trying to create a perfect family gathering with Cousin Eddie in the room. It's not going to happen. Like We can try, and we can try, and we can try, and it's not going to happen. And we have two choices. We can live in despair of that. We can get angry. We can get bitter. We can work our fingers down to the bone just trying to make this world our home, or we can surrender that to the Lord we can live joyfully like Jesus by serving others, by giving hope to the hopeless, and by inviting others to travel home with us to the place that God has prepared for those who love him. Let's pray. Father, I'm grateful so much for your grace and for the life that can be ours through Jesus. Um, I'm thankful that in those times where I have really strived to make this world my home, you have, you have just reminded me that uh, I've not been built for this place. I've been saved and made new for a home that is yet to come. And in the, in the midst of that, Lord, all of us, those of us who, who, who have, 
claim Jesus as our Lord and as our, as our Savior, who, who are trying to walk in step with him as followers of Jesus, we, we now live in this world, not to surround ourselves with all of these temporal um, comforts to, the, to just try to manage until we can finally get to our eternal home. But, but Lord, you have sent us into this world on mission and with a purpose to serve others to bring comfort and hope and to bring others along with us as we travel to that eternal home. And so, Father, forgive me, forgive us for those times where, where we have just kind of settled in and we've settled for this, this Americanized version of Christianity that's just all about life, happiness. It's all about trying to just live as a good person through the week and come and spend an hour worshiping here. Lord, those are good things, but you, you desire so much more for us as we surrender our lives, as we take up our cross and we follow you. Lord, show us. Show us the joy that is in a life that is surrendered to you. That is a life that has set our eyes on things that are eternal but here in this moment, here in this home, that as our, our lives are focused on you, that, that, Lord, that deep sense of longing that we have in our souls will be satisfied in a relationship with Jesus. And I pray it in his name. Amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.